One day, I hope to have a career in TV, radio or enhance my digital presence to promote the connection between how food is produced in the UK and how to make a tasty meal. I'm so excited to have BBC TV presenter Chris Bavin on this podcast episode, who you'll know from BBC's Eat Well for Less and the Channel 4 programme, Audi's Next Best Thing. We'll talk about how Chris got into showbiz, what he cooks with his children, and my seasonal ingredient includes Brussels sprouts, which are not just for Christmas. Let's go! Welcome to the Countryside Kitchen Meats, a food and farming podcast. I'm Millie Fife, your host. I'm a mum of two, farmer's wife, food producer and passionate about flying the flag for British food and farming. Today we'll be chatting to BBC presenter Chris Bavin, who you may well know from the popular programme Eat Well for Less. Then I've got a few time-saving hacks when it comes to mealtime preparation and some recipes to share too, meaning you can juggle family life with the children and cook a tasty, nutritious meal too. Okay, let me introduce you to my guest. Since 2013, Chris Bavin has co-presented Eat Well for Less alongside Greg Wallace, a factual BBC One show that helps families across the UK reduce their shopping budgets without compromising on quality. More recently, Chris has worked alongside Anita Rani and Julie Ashfield presenting Channel 4's Audi's Next Best Thing. He was on my telly the other day. Chris has a background in the fresh produce industry, importing and selling to the wholesale markets across the UK and is married and has three children. I'm wondering how he fits it all in. So without further ado, let's talk to Chris Bavin. Hello. Hello, how are you? (laughs) I'm all right, thank you. Are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well indeed. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, Firstly, tell me, how do you fit it all in? Because you're a working dad with three young children and you're on my telly all the time how do you do it well I I mean sometimes it's a a bit of a misconception as to how sort of busy we are because obviously don't know when things were filmed or how long they take to film and I'm sure from the outside it always like we are busy um than than we are life is you know there is no getting away from it three sort of children 10 and under um you know work different things but i think this is true of true of, of people you know parents or, or, or people without children you know, life is life is easy we, we try we try and do a lot don't we so it's um i think everybody's in a, in a similar sort yeah spinning the plates that's what i always say just keep on just keep on doing what you do and just yeah i think everyone i think well i don't know about everyone but i feel like i'm winging it in life <laughs> just to do oh, what i can all- I think we all feel a bit like that, don't we? <laughs> you know, and it's um, something that we probably have to try and to terms with because you know, it's things are difficult and things are getting harder. But it's it's about coming away from that mindset. I'm failing, or other people are succeeding, and everybody's got their stuff together and have and and all of those. And and we've all had, you know thoughts like that. And I think social is a big part to play in that yeah that you know but you're constantly seeing everybody's show or highlights real or the best you know and um and one's life can be condensed into to magical moments or memes or pictures or videos or whatever but most 
don't share the challenges or the tough times or whatever. Yeah. Self-included, you know, I only put positive stuff. I, I, you know, I social media for a work things, but mm. you know, I put positive work related things on there for mm. the part. So if you were look at my social media, you could think the thing's fine with him. He's is doing this. He was here, da, 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 but you don't put, you know, other bits. So I think we're all guilty of that, but I think to, and it's fine. That is okay. I think we just have to when we're watching those things seeing those things that we have to be aware that is just a snapshot yeah just a, a small part oh definitely it's so easy to look online and compare yourself and I'm I'm also probably very guilty of that and you do you beat yourself up and I think it I'm a firm believer or I try and promote real life you know uh rather than anything with filters and making it look like you know staged and what have you because I do and, and when I do some of my videos as well I'm, I need to do a like a bloopers type thing because it's so funny like what the things that that actually happen in order to like get the finished product it's kind of I'm sure you've probably got loads of those when you've been doing some film work you know all the all the all the mistakes and things and like you say when I see you on the screen it's very polished, isn't it? But in order to get that, there's a lot of work that goes into that behind the scenes and long hours and, and you know, away from your family and doing perhaps it, it sort of takes your time away from other things that you do want to do. But tell me a bit about your backstory. How did you get into TV and food related journalism? Um, so I selling flowers, importing flowers and selling to the wholesale. It's, uh, then I moved into fruit use fruit and veg, uh, doing a sort of thing, you know, supplying the, the markets. Then in 2009, we opened a shop called The Naked Grocer. So it was all, you know, zero packaging, no plastic, that sort of thing, uh, which did quite well, um, not without its challenge, but uh, we won some awards for that, which was lovely. And then through that, uh, a production company phoned me up, well, completely expected and um, said, have you ever considered... Doing television, which I have never considered it. I think if you ask you now, you know, they might say you want to be a YouTuber or an influencer or a vlogger or whatever. But, you know, for me, it had never sort of crossed my mind. Um, didn't seem that that would be something that, that someone like me would have been able. Anyway, we, we, we ended up like a, like a sort of taster show. Uh, and then that, that sort of then into Eat Well for Less. And, and that was probably nine odd years ago now. Since then, I've done sort of various shows, primarily on food and food consumer mm. issues. Um, some horticulture as well. I do Chelsea Flower Show and Britain in Bloom and some other sort of more horticultural shows. But yeah. it has been around food and, and consumer issues. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. It's a it's a, it's a wonderful job uh, that I'm very grateful for and, and you know enjoy immensely. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, look, it looks like you do have a lot of fun on it as well. I mean, it, it, you know, having had a couple of film crews here on the odd time for like BBC Countryfile, and I've done, I did, I've been on telly a couple of times. And I did Bargain Hunt <laughs> and and one big, um, and um, and then I did a TV series about oh god ten years ago, and that was called Food Glorious Food, um, and I think they only did one series of that that was on ITV. Um, yes, but just the time it takes to actually like produce a show it's a lot longer you know for a two minute snippet could take all day or longer can't it it's just incredible yeah. 
we sort of uh, sort of came to connect through um, the National Federation of Young Farmers through their home homegrown campaign. How how did you first get involved with the National Young Farmers Organisation? So I was doing a food show, hosting a food stage at the Three Counties Show, and National Young Farmers were doing the cooking competition, and uh, they asked me if I'd go at the end of the day. So I went across. I was blown away. I mean, these guys were cooking on camping stoves and they were turning yeah. out some you know, really, really amazing dishes. Um, so I'm impressed, um, got to speak to the young farmers and and spend some time with them. And then they asked me to talk at the end and and, and, I, and then sort of so, so came through that, really. And then I've just recently judged uh, another cooking competition for them. And then uh, I was a guest on a, a, a webinar that, um, that they held recently. Which I believe you were you were at, and uh, yeah, but I, I think it's really important. I, I mean, British farming is is has always been important, but it feels like it's more and more important. You know, with um, whether it be through instability or volatile exchange rates, or you know, climate challenges, or you know, a whole host of reasons. Mm. Um, the status quo food is is being challenged all the time, and I think we. Make sure that we're in a, as strong a position to, to make sure that we can we feed ourselves as, as much as possible. The way we can do that is by supporting British growers and farmers and uh, the British agriculture industry because you know we would be in a in a, in a real where we've seen huge delay in and out of of ports with huge rate rises in in um, transport rates and, and freight rates, exchange rates. Uh, a, a very weak pound, you know, mm-hmm. other currencies. All of these work towards import being less reliable and more expensive. Um, mm-hmm. And this going for a long time, but mm-hmm. but it, it feels like we're getting to a point where it's becoming more and more important, uh, urgent, in fact. So yes, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of farmers, full stop. And obviously, you know, young farmers are the future of farming. Yeah. So it makes sense that that should support them. As well, because they are going to be taking the the mantle and and providing you know our food security for for the next. Absolutely. Well, that that's the thing. It's helping them to create a or carve their career or get you know form a pathway within the food and farming industry, whether that not that be taking over their own farm from their family or from you know taking or or looking at allied industries, whether that be working in policy making, in marketing. Um, there's so many diverse opportunities within you know science, technology, education, uh, environment, maths, uh, that engineering and maths, I should say. Um, but agriculture is I don't know again working in agriculture you kind of feel like it's always overlooked um but all of a sudden there's been a bit of a step change and it, it's now quite sexy um and I don't know again whether that's social media that's play, playing that part um but we are how we have to be our own ambassadors for for the industry and with food security being such a worry moving forward looking at um sustainability looking at self-sufficiency looking at how we can produce food without um or working in conjunction with the environment with, with nature and looking at how we can do that so that you know obviously we can put food on the shelves and it, there's been issues of late with the egg 
egg supply and that's been a huge worry i mean we, we we sell a few eggs at the gate we've got a few hens and what have you but people can't get enough of them um and i know when you go in the supermarket there's empty shelves at the moment and that's a lot of that is the impact of the fuel prices of commodity prices and uh, the war in ukraine and things like that and so there's so many different pressures but i think with consumers wanting to know more about where their food comes from looking at the provenance i mean that's something that you know is what i'm all about and when i interview people that's uh, what i'm trying to get across really is the amazing things that are happening um on our doorstep and then how you can kind of go out and buy those ingredients and then look at making a meal for the family. And I know, obviously, one of the shows that you've been very much involved with is looking at how to feed a family well for less. Um, because the bugbear that I always have is when you turn on the telly and watch some of the chefy programmes, they're not necessarily accessible to many people because one minute you, you have got to go and buy a crab and then a bottle of Madeira and stuff like that. And it's, it's quite aspirational, whereas I'm more about bung some pasta and just get a cheap cut of meat and get your slow cooker going and stuff like that so um it's um yeah that's that's kind of um what what i'm about and hopefully uh, i think you are too yeah no i think <laughs> you know there's a time for, for sort of fine dining yeah um that's, yeah look good whole wholesome hearty so now we're coming into the winter mm. um, you know just nutritious home cooked food which Again, is is it's very difficult because there's many levels within food and affordability of food, and it's in we we all advocate cooking batch as much as you can uh, using whole ingredients, but that isn't always a possibility for everybody. You know mm. that that does require a level of knowledge. Uh, it requires an amount of equipment or or you know. And, and also, we, you know, we take for granted the having some stuff in your kitchen already. Mm. It's, it's, you know, I've, I'm going on a, I'm really sort of learning and, and being educated about, you know, food and the challenges people face. And and it's really hard because on the one hand, you go, look, cooking from scratch, the best thing. It's it's really easy, which it, mm. which it, it's 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 more effective again which it is um and it's and it is better for you which it is but there are restrictions that that prohibit or prevent people from being able to do that mm. and and we're in a situation in the where um with the least money pay the most for their food mm. which is pretty bonkers mm. um and well it's 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 true because you know if you have a mode of transport you have you know a bit of and cash flow isn't you know you're feeling the pinch but if you can if you have access to money then you can you can save money you know by getting in the car a different supermarket you know paying in in bulk buying like packs of something the the unit price or the kilo price down mm. but if you don't have that you know i mean if i, I think about convenience store if i had to do my weekly in my convenience store you know it'll cost 30 40 50 70 percent more mm. you know it's all small because it's by its nature yeah. it is a convenient so it's that small bag of brand it's that small bottle of branded ketchup it's that small, you know the, the, the a, a tin of branded beans or whatever it might be and they're much 
expensive than than the supermarket tables. You know, um, if that's the only place that you want to do your shopping, then then you, you invariably pay a lot. But but yeah, anyway, going back to the point, cook it. You know, I think to eating. You know, if you want to spend money, if you want to try and eat budget as much as possible, British veg is some of the cheapest thing you can buy. You know, mm-hmm. and then if you can buy the with a cheap carbohydrate, whether that be a potato, a pasta, or or whatever um you can eat you know very economically um but it does a little bit of of, of sort of knowledge and, and some equipment potentially but there's lots of interesting ways mashed potato in the microwave for the first yeah. for the first time the other day a bit skeptical i must admit but actually, <laughs> fine you know um so and and the, the difference in in cost was i think it on the on the hob it would cost you know, around 30 pence to do mm. and, and it's six or seven pence in the in the microwave you know it's amazing um, isn't it the mic yeah the microwave seems to be you know there's a lot of talk about like these air fryers i haven't got one but actually microwave cooking is very very cheap and when i when i had my, when i first had the kids i had I, I i got into um cooking mashed potato in the microwave you can get like the little frozen nuggets um in a in a bag and i to start off with i was like i feel really ashamed for doing this but actually I got them and they're brilliant and you know it's just so quick easy and cheap and I, and so I was like oh yeah I'm an absolute convert <laughs> to the microwave um what are you working on at the moment because obviously you've been doing the Audi um TV program um yeah. which is which has been on air over the autumn you know what what's coming up for you a few exciting projects in the pipeline um I think we've got a new book this year uh yep. it'll be my f- my third cookbook, uh, Good Food Sorted Out and, and Fake Away. So I think a new book is, is uh, going to happen this year. Uh, and then, yeah, some some more exciting TV projects in the, coming up in the spring. Brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I'll watch this space. I'll, uh, I'll be eagle-eyed on your social media to see what comes out next, that's for sure. You're obviously always uh, working on the kind of food consumer type uh, projects. What what do you perceive will be the food trends in 2023? I mean, we're sort of just sort of getting into the year now. You know, is there something, you know, you talk about fakeaways, making takeaways from scratch at home. Is that, you know, is it going to be more of that, do you think? I think it's a, a bit of, I think, that, again, there's, there's ways, lots of different elements in plan once. So on the one hand, people are still going to be looking at energy cooking. That's That will remain people's priorities trying to reduce that gas and electric mm. is, is is people's prime objective and then mm. absolutely when you're looking to tighten your belt and and reduce your spend you know eating out and takeaways are one of the first things oh they're they you know they're the low fruit they're they're certainly very quick easy win mm. that you don't necessarily have to miss um so i think yeah that's replicating the food cooked out of the home will will play continue to play a big part mm. um but then also it's going to be a bit of celebratory sort of food wanted in the home i think that sort of feet or sharing or sharing plans and, and making you know because if if, if when times are hard people do want a release from that they still want to to have those treats and rewards but 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 done in a more economical way i think mm. maybe you might see more home entertaining so i think you know that sort of dine home and, and inviting people around 
think that probably will will play a part as opposed to you know obviously didn't have restaurants available to us for for the two years of covid or, or mm. so on and off so people stopped that i think when they they reopened i think were were very excited to back out and go to the restaurants and see people and you know all of those delayed or postponed birthdays or anniversaries or togethers and all of those things i think mm. but but obviously now as we go through a, a slightly tougher time economically i think you know maybe people will start to go back to that entertaining um which is fine as well but yeah i think it's great you know cooking and and inviting people around and sharing your food with people is something quite magical so yeah i think they'll be the but low energy cooking i think something that's gonna that's gonna continue to to with with people yeah oh that's really good to note because i think that will really help a lot of people in terms of how they um position themselves and what recipes they share and you know what what we promote you even forward because you know it's all very well when you just say oh just do this do that what have you but actually yeah um just being mindful of what people have got in their pocket um and um being able to prepare a meal without to, you know sapping the resources and things i think yeah that sounds really really interesting i'm definitely gonna uh be mindful of that and i hope listeners at home probably will be too but is there any surprises or or is there anything that surprises you about people's ability to cook from scratch or work to a budget you know you've obviously um been into people's homes and you know the real sort of the premise of eat well for less is you go and look in their cupboards and they've got all these you know name brands and everything can you do a lot of the swaps and things i mean you know has there been a few surprises along the way in terms of that or is that kind of you know um the researchers have done so much beforehand that you know when you when you get there you kind of know what you've got to do yeah no i don't think i don't think the surprises i think the you know family is unique in mm. some of the challenges they face but there's lots of common challenges and is it you know we've stopped teaching children book um mm. and if you stop teaching children to be able to do something then you can't surprise when they come out not being able to you know <laughs> exactly the thing would happen if we stopped reading in school you know, if you stop mm. teaching kids to read at school you couldn't be surprised when a children came out up being on a, on a read mm. so you know and this whole industry, that there's been a whole boom in in this convenience food industry mm. and people just you know, if you haven't been shown how to do something you can't yeah can't be expected to be but and yeah, I think that's no. where we are cooking some but you know on the one hand, people know more about food than they ever have and then on mm. the other hand actually we're becoming more and more removed from it you know? yeah um i mean if, if if i think back when we had the shop the the sort of more experienced customers would come in you know slightly the you know generation and know when coming into season and when you know they'd come and say our oh, jersey royals should be starting mm. you know next week or whatever or it, you know, is got any rhubarb that should have started, or the pickling onions, or whatever it might. Be. Mm. You know, they were really aware of what in season and when. Um, mm. Sort those things out as well. I think we sort of so we are being distanced from our from our food ingredients a little mm. bit just by, I suppose, by that sort of you know everything is available at the time, yeah. and, and you don't you need to know where it's more. You know what in season because you can buy you can buy strawberries all year or whatever it might be you know so i think on the one hand we are being we're interested in food you can see that every time on your tv on this yeah there's about cooking or food or whatever 
but then by the same token, we're also not as as noble or as connected to the food as. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a really important point you raise, actually, because I mean, well, when I was at school, I, we did home economics, but I don't, you know, it's not, it's not a priority, I guess, in schools, and and that's a real shame. And having having young children myself, like we grow a lot of veg at home, obviously farmers ourselves, so we watch and see the whole supply chain. So for us, it's kind of it's what we've always done, if you know what I mean. And but it, it's a pri- you know, and it, it's it, it's something that. I would like to try and make a difference on and I know you are already and you know together collectively with lots of people just being able to just showcase the simplest of things and can all really help make a difference and yeah it's um it's a huge passion of I think we've got that shared passion in uh, talking about food and showing people what ca- what can be done but education is such a key area um and it hadn't to me it it hadn't really um was on my radar in that respect um but it, it is yeah the kids are at school now and I don't I don't think they'll get the opportunity to cook because I don't think the schools necessarily have the the either the funding or the staff or the resource um I really don't know um but you know hope, hopefully there'll be new ways in which children can access information and, and be able to learn but yeah it's gosh I hope they <laughs> I hope they carry on reading in school that's for sure because uh um I'm just yeah my my eldest has just started school and um he's just starting to learn to read and it's so lovely and so to be able to teach children to cook as well I mean in my turn just chuck in eggs and I mean it goes everywhere but that's all part of the fun isn't it <laughs> so um let's talk a little bit about cooking then Chris what do you enjoy cooking and eating at home? Are there any sort of recipes or meals that you'll go to um, with the family? There's a few. I mean, I enjoy cooking all different sort of types of food and different cuisines. Um, I try and cook with it as much as I can. Like you say, great fun, but obviously slightly more messy. <laughs> um, but they love it. You know, I think all kids engage really well, really positively. Cooking. Um, so we'll do a variety things um a couple of things probably on on rotation in in our house you know uh, a couple of curry who are a really nice dal um lentil dal and um a chicken tikka that the boys really love they love cat curry you know they like they quite like you know sort of south asian food you know so mm. and, and japanese food and different like that Buddhist is obsessed with sushi so we make the <laughs> um not not weekly basis and it doesn't and that be expensive actually you could do it just with with some sushi rice and and a pepper and a cucumber mm. um some you, can, you obviously you can be as extravagant as you want but it could also be affordable actually and very accessible mm. a, a box of sushi rice i think is a pound or two mm. uh buy those mats for about a pound you bought them you can, uh forever um, and then you just need a, a bit of uh either rice wine or or, or, or any vinegar um and it, yeah it's it's always pretty accessible so, um yeah we like to do that that's fun um but yeah we'll cook a whole host of different things and and i'm how if we have time obviously you know with work and, and the kids clubs and you know you're, you're running them around and stuff sometimes you don't always have as much time as you but like baking you know like bread with the boys and sometimes my eldest son will pick out a out and, and we'll make that together you know, so yeah, it's a it's a bit a mixed bag as it is. But then on nights we're just having 
pesto pasta bowl yeah. because you know you've got tents and, and that's that you know yeah yeah no well that that's it and it's 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 sort of tossing out how much time you've got uh or how much patience sometime at the end of the day when you know you've just got hungry kids and you decide I just need to feed them whereas other times you can kind of plan and get them involved and I think one of our go-to is often um fajita wraps because they dislike being able to put stuff together and it sounds very similar with the with the sushi as well that they can kind of make their own and put their own stamp on things can't they and have a bit of fun too how could people find out a little bit more about you, Chris? Um, have you got your own website? You're obviously on social media. Um, how can people follow you? The website, actually, that's something that I should maybe do. But I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, which is um, chris.bavin. Uh, so, yeah, come on. I, and I try and re- someone messages me messages me on social media. I always try and reply. Um, obviously, that's not always possible, but for the most part, I pretty I pre- so yeah i mean follow me on instagram um that's the best way um and you drop me a drop me a say hello fantastic brilliant okay here is some time saving hacks for you to try at home I love to cook pasta and meatballs they're one of my go-to recipes for feeding the kids in a hurry i actually start the dish off at lunchtime and then it's ready for when we get home at tea um, I brown off the meatballs in a casserole dish on the hob, crumble in a stock cube, add some leeks and a big can of chopped tomatoes. And my time-saving hack is to actually add the dried pasta in at this stage into the sauce. Um, throw everything in and ensure the pasta is well mixed into the sauce. Put a lid on the casserole dish and place in a bottom oven or if you're using a slow cooker, stick it all in the slow cooker uh, for four or five hours. And then you can serve it straight away when you get in with a bit of grated cheese on top, always a winner, and some garlic bread as well. In season right now, February time, brassicas and root vegetables. I'm going to talk about the humble Brussels sprout. Now, Christmas may well be past us, but sprouts are not just for Christmas. Uh, Have you ever chopped a sprout up finely and pan fried with some chilli and pancetta? So good. You can almost treat it like a mini Savoy cabbage in a stir fry, and they're so good for you, full of iron. Many supermarkets sell sprouts frozen, so you don't need to have half a bag looking in the bottom of the fridge. Just use what you need, um, and there'll be less food waste as well. I actually grow Brussels sprouts in my garden every year, and I'm never disappointed. They're super tasty and make a real difference to a stir fry. So what are you waiting for? Are you going to give sprouts another go? Chris, how does that sound? What are your thoughts on sprouts? Do you love them or hate them? Love sprouts. One of my favourite vegetables, actually. Uh, I completely agree with you. I think just treat a mini cabbage, you know, shred them, pan fry them. I'm even actually, I, I do like a sprout coleslaw, which is delicious. Oh, but no. you could just just do anything you can with a cabbage. You can do with a little sprout. Obviously, it's slightly more time consuming in terms of mm. shredding them up, but but I well worth it. Um, and yeah. A pile of um sort of pan fry or sauteed Brussels with maybe some chestnuts or some pancetta oh, or bacon yeah. or whatever it might be. I think that's delicious. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So give sprouts another go. <laughs> okay, that's all we've got time for today. Don't forget to tune into the next episode of the Countryside Kitchen Meets on the first of each month. You can subscribe on all major podcast streaming platforms and get in touch. Would you like to be on a future episode? 
want to chat to me about what you do and share some recipes too, drop me a line at hello at millie5.com. You can also follow my food blog, No Fuss Meals for Busy Parents on Facebook, Instagram and at www.nofussmealsforbusyparents.com for top tips, time-saving hacks and recipe ideas. Thank you so much for joining me, Chris. I very much enjoyed learning about your journey into TV and what's coming up for you. It's It's been amazing. Thank you. And I hope to follow in your footsteps one day soon. So watch this space. Thank you. Well, good luck. And thank you very much. Cheers. See you next time. Bye, everyone.